Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Tuesday, August 30th. Can't believe summer's almost over. It's time for another episode of The Pit Politics in Trucking. John Hewlett's joining me right now. Let's uh, let's just bring him in and jump right in and get started today. John, welcome back. Kevin, how you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing great myself. Good. Yeah. Good. Great to have you back again. Good to be back. I'm uh, gazing out the window at the majestic uh, mountains of Zions National Park. So oh, beautiful. Been a beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Great. Yeah. So uh, not far away from you is one of our favorite places. It's a little place, not all that popular, not, you know, a big park or anything, but it's uh, Casto Canyon, not far from there. It's just a beautiful place. Really? Yeah. Um, I'll have to look. I don't know that I've ever been there. Yeah, it's a, a beautiful, uh, beautiful canyon. It's got all the rock formations and all the colors in the rock, and it's just gorgeous. Uh, Lisa and I did our first ATV ride there. We rented a couple ATVs and uh, took off. Really? Through, yeah, we took off through the canyon. Now, this was August, by the way, July. Maybe it was July. We had just left the uh, Las yep. Vegas truck show. So, middle of summer. Huh. Casto Canyon is kind of up at elevation, um, so it was yeah, way, way colder than what we expected. So we didn't have, you know, it's summertime. Yeah. We just came from Vegas. It was 90 degrees. We didn't have, you know, like cold weather gear with us, so we ended up buying hoodies to ride in. It was that cold. But we had a beautiful ride. The the trail takes you up and you keep climbing and you end up at the top of this peak and you can kind of look back over the canyon where you've come through and it's just beautiful. And while we're sitting up there looking wow. off in the distance, we could see a storm coming through the canyon and we have to go back that way. So we know we're going to be going right through this storm and it's cold already. Wow. So we hit this storm wow. and it's hailing and it is just miserable we are so cold and we're trying to get back and it was so bad you would like take one hand off the handlebars and kind of hold it down by the engine to get it warm and then you'd switch hands try driving with the other hand and uh, at one point I'm riding along and I started to notice the sensation and I'm like what is that and I look down and right where you're sitting and then the gas tank's right there um, right in my crotch yeah. was a big pile of hail. It had just kind of like built up right there. <laughs> oh man! We, we actually stopped at one point and we kind of kneeled down on the ground and we were hugging the engine trying to get warm. Wow. It was still a beautiful ride. We, yeah, we had, we had a ball. The next morning yep. we woke up, we were going to go riding again. The next morning we woke up, there was two inches of snow on the ground. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Middle of summer. It was just crazy. Yeah, that looks Do that sometime. Yeah, beautiful, well, great. beautiful well, place. Well, that's just, like you said, summer's almost over. I can't believe it. We've oh. got so much going on. It's unbelievable. Went, went so fast. So this is a political show. I guess we're supposed to talk about politics. Um, 
two issues on my mind this week, and they're both making me a little crazy, but I'm actually going to make what may seem to be an outrageous statement. So uh, I've been following politics pretty closely for about 30 years now. I mean, I, I didn't get involved really early in life, but later into my 20s, early 30s. So a um, couple decades plus, I'm going to make a statement that this issue is probably the single biggest political issue for me ever. This one bothers me more than anything, and I'm not sure why. Maybe I am sure why, because it's just so wrong. This student loan bailout is making me insane. Well, I can understand that. I think that um, the whole mentality of our government's use of funds is enough to make anyone insane. And uh, it's, it's the waste, fraud, um, political uh, gerrymandering that goes on with federal money is disgraceful. And uh, I don't, do not understand why we, why we continue to tolerate it from our leaders. It's, uh, it's unbelievable in this executive order business that has now become the new way of doing things, uh, bypassing even Congress, which is totally irresponsible, now by a mentally deficient uh, chief executive is really uh, troubling, really troubling. And it, it, it ends up that this is obviously a very, very uh, definite way of trying to buy some votes, but I think it's, it's backfiring because I think that a lot of people are, are seeing the hypocrisy of forgiving. And the challenge is, you know, in the old days, you know, where, what about trade school? What about, I mean, I guess maybe the bailout, maybe it goes down to uh, hairstyling and other things that uh, these different colleges that have student aid or, or loans. But, you know, the reality is, you know, think of, think of your constituency of the truckers. Uh, you know, how about, how about giving all the truckers a refund of all their training and their uh, URL fees and licensing fees and things like that? I mean, it's, it's outrageous. What, what happened to our country being founded upon uh, self-initiative and, and, and responsibility, personal responsibility? Yeah, and look, I have, I've always had a problem with the way our government spends our money. We spend way too much money on things we shouldn't be spending it on. But this is even worse. Most of the time when we're talking about government spending, it's been agreed on. It's been passed by Congress. And whether we like it or not, at least it was done properly. This isn't. This is after right. the fact. It's there's nothing fair or equitable about the way it's being done. It, it's totally bass backwards from the way it should be done if anything and it, it's there's just so many reasons why this is just wrong and I, I can't even believe we're considering this and I can't believe that this would be legal for President Biden just to unilaterally say I'm just going to forgive all this debt he can't possibly have that power that's right it's true yeah, who knows? It's just it's just absolutely amazing to to think that uh, these types of things are happening in the midst of our inflationary runaway train that our country is living with. 
you're right. We could there couldn't be a worse timing to do something like this. And what do they really think they're going to accomplish with this other than what you just said? Buy some votes. I mean, there there's there's no reason to do this. There's so many reasons not to do this. It's so wrong in so many ways. I don't care how much you had to pay for college. That's your problem. You didn't have to go. You didn't have to go to that college. You didn't have to borrow the money. These were all personal decisions you made, and you agreed to pay the money back. Pay the damn money back. That's as simple as this needs to be. You agreed. You borrowed the money. You got the education. Pay the money back. Um, it's very, very unfortunate. The problem and the challenge is when we've given so much free money away uh, with the stimulus and the alleged pandemic that led to the closure of everything that, you know, you see everywhere that no one's willing to work. And and I would suspect that many with those student loans haven't been working the last couple of years when they could be easily working two jobs, making plenty of money to meet those obligations absolutely and that's exactly what they should be doing so that one is just really really making me crazy now we'll see whether or not you know he attempts this i'm sure there's going to be lawsuits if he tries to do it on his own um, with an executive order you know you, you think about it they they control you know, everything right now, the Democrats control everything. The only, they've managed to pass a couple of bills, nothing but spending bills, which are just making everything worse. This stuff is so bad, they can't pass it, even though they have control of everything. Yeah, it's it's really disgraceful. There's no question about it. What What I'm shocked about, and I mentioned this last week, why aren't the polls reflecting this? Well, you know what? You know what my opinion of that is? Look at what the polls told us uh, at the last election. That's true. Else. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I, think the polls, I think the polls are probably just as fraudulent as everything else. And we probably shouldn't give a lot of credence to the polls because the people doing the polls aren't that credible. And I think that just like other things, people, I mean, you've got to know that the media is doing everything possible to prop up this yes. abysmal performance by this presidency and this administration and this Congress. So, you know, just saying that it's closer than it used to be is probably going to then, it's an attempt probably to motivate people to come out and, and vote because they think that there's going to be a chance instead of no chance. So I, I think that the polls, might have some political motivation involved to it. Yeah, I certainly hope that's the case. I mean, we we need a big shakeup here in November. We need to get some balance back in Washington. Not that I'm, you know, really enamored with the Republicans right now. There's a whole lot they could be doing that they're not doing. But uh, something's got to change from what we have. The other big story that I hope something comes out of is the, uh, did you see the Joe Rogan Zuckerberg interview? I didn't watch it, but I've read a little bit about it. And I, I, I'm continually surprised at the um, brazen, in-your-face um, 
commentary about people who are obviously trying to subvert our our uh, democracy. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like they don't care. It's like they don't care, and there's no yeah, accountability. It, it, it's shocking how casual they are about it. I mean, Zuckerberg's like, well, totally. yeah, the FBI really totally. kind of pressured us. They didn't want us, you know, showing that information, and they wanted this to leave. It, like, it's no big deal. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah, exactly. I, I was the one defending Facebook, saying, look, they're a private company. They can delete whatever the hell they want. The only thing I say about that is if that's what they want to do, if they want to control their content like that, that's their right. It's their company. But they need to lose that protection they have. Um, They are a publisher. If they start choosing what shows and what doesn't, that makes them a publisher. They should be liable for everything on their platform then. And as long as we do that, then I'm fine. Delete whatever you want. You're a private company. I've defended them. And we got deleted, heavily censored. That's why we moved our groups off of Facebook and created our own. I I, I didn't, well, I complained, but not for long because I said, look, they're a private company. If they don't want us, fine, we'll go do our own thing. But when, when we... When we start talking so casually about, oh, yeah, the FBI contacted us and told us we have to take this down. What? Now we have a problem that that should never happen. I, I agree 100 percent. It's, it's true. Um, they these, uh, protecting just like having uh, pharmaceutical companies having vaccine protection. It's yeah. Just, um, there's a lot of things that don't make any sense and that are wrong. So, Yeah, it just seems like there's more and more of them these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, well that's, uh, that's the message of that. But the, um, I think uh, the good news is, I think some good news that continues is that uh, uh Governor DeSantis continues to deflect uh, the attacks that he's getting from the, the outrageous governors of California, New York, and others. <laughs> and um, I, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, uh, the raid from Mar-a-Lago, the uh, redacted, you know, these redacted emails are a joke. These redacted warrants are a joke. I mean, like, I mean, it's like it's like handing in a term paper with three fourths of the paragraphs blacked out. I mean, it's, I, <laughs> it's unbelievable. We accept that 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 there's that much that the public shouldn't be aware of of what's going on in our public policy. Hey, I can tell you, in, in high school, if I would have thought I could have gotten away with that, I probably would have tried it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's it's just. The, the inconsistencies that we're living with and uh, what we're allowing government to do is just shocking. But uh, I don't know. You know, it, it was interesting, Kevin, uh, changing the topic a little bit as I was going down the Columbia uh, Gorge a week or two ago. I, I was shocked at how dry um, Western Oregon is. And... Uh, it's been, you know, I mean, I, I remember the days when Oregon was uh, pretty damp and pretty wet. And uh, and then the, the temperature, 
and I'm not, I'm, I, I'll be honest. I, I, I view the climate as changing. I, I remember well worrying in the eighties or being told we were all going to freeze to death. Um, because <laughs> yeah. the climate another, another ice cold. age was coming. Yeah. 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 So yeah. we went global cooling to global warming to eventually they said, well, we can't get it right. So we'll just call it climate change. And, and the reality is, the climate is always changing. Of course, it and, is. Uh, but part, yeah. But part of the problem is it's, that we don't know about, and not to be too conspiratorial. But the government has proven, and if you go into kind of the less publicized areas, uh, the government has ways of manipulating the weather. And there's a lot of reports that a lot of these severe uh, things that have been happening have have something to do with government um, manipulating of certain aspects of, of the climate. And uh, I, I, I'm not sure what's going on, but it's interesting because we had a very dry winter and we've had in Utah, we've had a very wet summer. And so our, our fields and pastures are greener now than they normally are this time of year. And yet, uh, the reservoirs are almost dry. I mean, it's uh, it's just a, you drive by Lake Mead, and uh, and the Great Salt Lake. Oh, both yeah. of them are in serious jeopardy. Um, and yet, we've had uh, bounteous rain all summer, big big storms and wonderful storms. And so it's it's just uh, it's interesting, but it's certainly. But this is where I think, and, and back in probably more salient to the trucking industry and fuel and travel and everything else and transportation inflation, uh, for us not to be utilizing multi-use, multi-purpose commerce and the use of resources is foolhardy. You know, to completely throw out the baby with the bathwater in an effort to uh, eliminate fossil fuel is it, ridiculous. You uh, know, I I don't know why I didn't see this coming, but and I've I've really been on top of the whole electrical vehicle thing right from the start, whether it's trucks, cars, whatever. I, I love our transition to electric stuff, but for me, it has nothing to do with the environment because I'm not convinced that if we were to go fully electric, that it's any better for the environment than what we're doing right now. It'll just be different. There's still going to be huge environmental problems with trying to provide power to the whole world, whether it's electric or fossil fuels. There are going to be huge environmental issues. They're just going to be different. And in some ways, right. We've learned a lot about controlling emissions on internal combustion engines, and we've done a hell of a job cleaning them up. And the environment has gotten yeah. better for it. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to have to learn all kinds of new things about how do we keep the environment clean with all these chemicals we have to mine and the battery technology and the disposal of these batteries. And we're still producing a lot of our power from coal. I don't see this as a, a good move. I've always said, let the free market make this work. 
and I don't want to see big government subsidies or tax breaks, but if they're going to put them in place, I'm going to take advantage of them. I am seriously thinking about getting solar installed because they just increased the solar tax credit in this latest bill. Uh, I think it's a huge mistake. I love electric. I'm glad we have these new technologies. I like my electric lawn tools and there's some pretty cool stuff out there now, but I do not want to see these huge subsidies from the government because that will screw this up. It happens every time. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I put solar on my uh, mountain lodge, not because of uh, the energy savings, but because having a source of energy, if there is no other energy. Independent, right. That's exactly the, right. Some independent the, energy, and that's the, what the, the sun can do for the, us. We can generate energy all, all on right. our own. But I may have mentioned a couple of weeks ago when I was driving down the gorge in your area. <laughs> All the windmills. They were, they were trans- giant windmills. Yeah. And I was like, man, these things are... A, and, and, and I thought to myself, you know, in Park City years ago, they passed they passed some laws in the county of trying to protect the, the hillside, the view, the, the sight lines of, of hills and... Yeah, and they were you know you couldn't build a, a single story or two stories or a certain height because you were going to be visually impairing the the public's purview of the of the area, which I think is a really nice idea. I do and too. And then I'm driving down the gorge, Columbia Gorge, and there are those stupid windmills yep. everywhere, and I'm like, you know, and I and I and in California and wherever you go, and it's like. How can the environmentalists think that this isn't yeah. uh, visual pollution? Yeah. Looking at these stupid things and trying to figure out how this is helping when 90% of them are barely turning in the wind. I know. <laughs> or whatever wind there it's, is or it, isn't it. Yeah. I, I just find everything so inconsistent. And I'm thinking about, I would rather drive through Midland, Odessa and see a couple of derricks every, you know, uh, mile or a couple of hundred yards apart that are about 12 feet high than a freaking windmill right. all at the top of the hillside. Yeah. Well, and it's, others right next. I, yeah. I was going to say it's never one windmill. If there's enough wind to put a windmill there, they're going to put 30 of them. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the thought I, I yeah, didn't finish this thought earlier, I didn't see this coming. Um, I know the big push towards electric, all the tax credits. I'd rather not see any of that stuff. But what I didn't see coming, I don't know why, I never saw the whole idea that we're actually going to ban internal combustion engines. Two states have already done it, California and Washington. Um, They are going to phase Um, out. And by 2035, they're making it illegal to make a vehicle with an internal combustion engine. Why do we need to do that? Why do we have to ban them completely? It's all political manipulation. There's no reason. There's no logical reason at all for that. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's like I'm driving by the electrical power grid in um, central uh, Arizona and providing all of the electricity for that entire area is large stacks of coal. 
Yes. (laughs) You know, the majority of the electrical power, I I don't know, I'm not an expert on this, but I would suspect the majority of electricity in America is is generated by coal. By far. Yeah, I'm not an expert either, but I've seen some numbers. It's I thought I saw a statistic the other day that if you're driving an electric vehicle, 80 some percent of your power is coming from coal. Exactly. I mean, and it's like, and and I, for one, I mean, I, I think of the, I think of those who labor in coal mines versus oil fields. I mean, coal mines, that's, that's almost like going back to the dark ages, literally yeah. dark. But I mean, the, the, the environment and the risk and the danger and the challenge of that occupation is far, far worse than the oil field workers oh, or absolutely. people working on a, yeah. the bay. Well, and uh, and yet it's a plentiful natural resource. And, you know, you go to these coal mining towns and, and obviously it's much safer than you see. And those are places well, where government and unions and regulation have done a good job in making it a, a better work environment. For well, you know, humans. A lot of our coal comes from West Virginia, and I am fairly familiar with the coal industry in West Virginia. They don't do many mines anymore. They're almost all open mines now. They they don't really drill and mine down, and we don't go underground nearly as much anymore. They just kind of blast the whole mountain apart these days. Oh, that's great. I, you know, I really wasn't aware of that, but that, that would seem to make sense because just like with, in Utah with uh, Rio Tinto or what used to be called Kennecott Copper, they, you know, I had family members and neighbors and different people who worked there. It was one of the largest employers. And it was an open pit mine. And um, you, you didn't hear about any horrific accidents and, yeah, that's... and things that happened. And it was a great job. Getting a job there was a, as a driver, as an equipment operator or as an engineer or whatever was a very, very good high paying jobs. Of course, we've made it now impossible. We've outsourced all of those types of jobs throughout the country, both in mining and, and, um, manufacturing overseas. And now we're, we're, we're sitting with a bunch of people with student loans and the hundreds of thousands that, that are, are psychologists that never got their psychology uh, designation. <laughs> yeah. We're service oriented with a bunch of heavily indebted, uh, woke, uh, young liberals waiting for the government, you know, hoping for communism and hoping the government will take over while they're enjoying the fruits of the last vestiges of capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hey, why don't we, uh, why don't we grab some phone calls? We've had some people waiting on hold here. We'll bring them into the conversation. We're going to head off to Nebraska. Sarah, welcome to the program. Hello. I had a couple comments on your topic there before I get to mine. Sure. The student loans. I can't believe they keep playing this clip of Bernie Sanders saying, I talked to a lot of people. And they seem to be working two, sometimes even three jobs, and in part to pay their student loans. And he he says that like it's a horrible thing. That's yeah, just people that, being responsible and 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 fulfilling their commitments. I don't understand the point he's trying to make. Me either. That's just the bare minimum. 
I don't care if you have to work four jobs. I don't care if you have to work four jobs and live in a tent. You chose this. Pay it back. And and, on the and you knew how much. I, and then I hear, oh, but college has become so expensive. Correct. It became so expensive because of your stupid government loan program. That's why it's so expensive. But I don't care about that either. You knew how expensive it was when you borrowed the money. Pay it back. And they keep saying, oh, what about the people who paid back their loans? They're forgetting the category. What about the people who, the parents who scrounged and saved and worked their asses off? So even though maybe they didn't go to college, their kids had a chance to go to college without building up debt. It's just so, so frustrating. Yeah, and, um, and I'm, I'm shocked. I don't know why these people can't pay back hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of student loans with their gender studies degree. Because opinions don't pay them. <laughs> Everybody's got them. Oh, man. What else you got? I forgot what... I forgot what my other thought <laughs> was on your next topic. All right. I forgot what it was. But um, what I called about is the, you know, more of this government overreach. And way back, you know, when they first came out with the food chain, forgot what book it was uh, that I read where they, uh, they discussed about how it was established. They had a bunch of nutritionists get together and make recommendations. They came, the nutritionist came back and said, here's our recommendation. The bottom, the bottom layer of the pyramid was vegetables. And then the next layer, smaller layer was meat. And then, you know, you had the legumes and grains and, you know, and sugars and fats and all that, you know, sugars at the top, everything. Yeah. And they presented it to the government agency. And the government came back and said, well, we can't do this because that would cost too much to subsidize. So we're going to put grains at the bottom and move meats and vegetables each up on that. And, and the nutritionist said, you can't do that. That is going to cause widespread diabetes and obesity. That's, it, you can't do that. And they said, well, this is what we can subsidize. So this is what we're going with. And you turn around and look at the country and like, yeah, that, the, the nutritionist back then said, told you what was going to happen. And it did. Yeah. This new list that they're going to talk about, I think it's coming up really soon in September. Just, I mean, I'm still, Nina Tycho came out with that article a couple weeks ago, and I'm, I'm still just boiling about it. They spent three years, a university, I think it was Yale, um, grading and rating 8,032 8, different foods. How do you do that without digging deeply into processed food? And when we look at the list, I, I mean, as you've talked about, they have fake eggs cooked in oil rated higher than real eggs cooked in butter. Meat, beef is at the bottom, Cheerios and fruit loops and all kinds of crap is at the top. It's just perpetuating the standard American diet, which is killing everybody. And I was, I had a question for John, isn't there any legal way, maybe just on the basis of glyphosate alone in the, in, because there's been tests that glyphosate is, is in Cheerios and breakfast cereals at a high, 
high enough level that it is toxic to children. Can't we get together and put some kind of injunction against this list until it, it it's run, you know, get the glyphosate out of there, get things that we know are killing people off that list. Well, the is there any way we can stop it? Well, it's going to take a rising up of, of individuals uh, to do it, probably even um, going into the courts because the food processors industry is a huge lobby. And, you know, you think about it, you've got uh, farmers involved with oats and corn and soy and those types of things. And so you've got You've got all kinds of complexities and conflicts of interest that that cause a problem. Glyphosate, you know, they've been able to hide uh, its uh, impact and and the impact of uh, genetically modified foods and uh, the whole aspect with uh, Roundup and the herbicides and pesticides. I I heard I was listening last night to uh, another vaccine injury situation, and they're saying that. Uh, part of the damage that is coming to people uh, from the injection uh, is those people that have more glyphosate in their body, that it's having a reaction with the glyphosate. So it's actually some extremely dangerous and unhealthy circumstances we're in, but it comes down to, uh, you know, social media, putting out the call, rising up patriots and, people who care about, you know, it's so ironic that we have our government agencies chasing around certain things while you have 4 million people coming across the border illegally. We have parents being separated from their children on choosing alternative medical procedures. You have governments coming and shutting down business after business and arresting people who are trying to just run their small business. And yet we have all these rampant, uh, flagrant uh, aspects of real serious health issues. Uh, you know, again, we're so enamored with climate change, and yet we're not as concerned with what what's going into our food production and the poisoning that's going forth and the many cancers and the uh, costs of our health care system from the neglect of pursuing common sense types of things like you just mentioned. John, have you looked at this food the, compass? The real... John? I missed that. Yeah, have Kevin. you looked at this food compass? Yeah. I haven't. This is insane. This is the new system that they're rolling out to replace my plate, which replaced the food pyramid, and it honestly gets worse every time. Here are just a couple examples. Peanut M&M's rank higher on the list than roast beef. Peanut well, m and I'd probably go for that person, but yeah. I don't think that's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Reese's peanut... Yeah, that's one of my weaknesses. <laughs> yeah, Reese's peanut butter cups rank higher than ground beef, and Cocoa Puffs rank higher than bacon. So what we're saying yeah, is just, just feed your kids a bunch of sweetened, sugary breakfast cereal, and they'll be healthy, obviously. 
unbelievable. And they actually yes, showed really they actually showed an egg substitute, not a real egg, an egg substitute fried in industrial seed oils. They ranked that higher than a real egg fried in butter. And that's interesting because, you know, it's interesting. I'm looking at it now. The Friedman School of Nutritional Science at Tufts University. It just shows really how outrageous our academic situation is when you have that kind of analysis coming out of Tufts. I mean, Tufts is, you know, has historically been one of the great institutions of learning. Yeah. But they're all corrupted. They're all corrupted, and they're all on the take financially. I know. I I, I, want to get these people, and I want to stand in front of them and say, please, tell me how you're going to tell me I should feed my child cocoa puffs instead of beef. (laughs) Seriously. Come on. That's the most insidious thing, that when, when the government comes out with recommendations, they they feed the most vulnerable people these foods. Right. Senior right. citizens' homes, schools, hospitals, schools, nursery schools. You're, see, you're, you're basically saying, this is what you need to eat to be well when they're already vulnerable and it makes it worse. Yeah. And I, and I remembered what my other, what my other point was. Um, in, do you remember in the chapter called uh, the end of more when in um, the end of the world, he's talked, Peter's talking about the different types of government. Even though we, we, we say, oh yeah, we live in a democracy, republic, whatever. I think we are a lot closer to what he labeled a fascist. Um, uh, it was a fascist corporatism where the government basically tells businesses what to do but doesn't have a hand in running them on the day-to-day that's what we see with Zuckerberg and Facebook and 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 people trading places back and forth between the FBA and the agricultural groups and so is this what uh, more like the fascist corporatism than anything else right now is that what Biden means when he called a bunch of us semi-fascist he just did that recently he just called us all a bunch of semi-fascists, but uh, seems to me like that's the government these days. Uh, we lost the call for a second. We lost Sarah. Um, John, are you there? Are you hearing me? Yep. There, there we go. go. There yeah. we go. All right. Yeah. Not sure yeah, what was. I'm, not sure I'm, what was going on there. Yeah, I think we lost the caller, and maybe we were something happened, but. Here we are. So, yeah, that was that yeah, was, it's, uh, that was a little weird. Problem. That's a, yeah, that dietary uh, compass I just looked at. That's pretty crazy. Un- unbelievable. Just unbelievable that yep. we just, no matter how much evidence there is, we just keep going down this road. Well, and that leads me to say that's why people need quality supplementation, Kevin. <laughs> Absolutely. Because if we, that's why we have such wonderful results with our wonderful Oregon pure organic fruits and vegetables that we have in Cardio Miracle to help with the flavor and the nitric oxide production. So, Absolutely. 
gosh, we've had just an amazing response from your listeners. In fact, seems like Lisa scrambles to keep up with the demand from the store. So we're delighted that this past uh, you nine know, months, ten months has been successful. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a numbers guy, so I watch our numbers. I watch patterns. It's something I've always done in business. And one of the things I'm noticing about Cardio Miracle, why the demand is so strong, uh, is because this is one of those products that once people start taking it, they keep taking it. They're putting it on subscription. Exactly. They're rebuying. They're reordering, yep. and then new people keep coming in and trying it. So I think Lisa is scrambling um, to try to keep it in stock because it's it's people rebuying. I'm I'm to the point now. You know, I used to say, yeah, I always have that first cup because I really enjoy it, and um, I know I should be doing two a day, and I don't always get to it. I do now. I mean, it's just a habit now, two a day, every yeah. day. Um, I love it with the, yeah. I shared this with uh, Stan last week. I put a shot of apple cider vinegar in mine. It's really good. Like yeah, that. I, I'm going to do that. Since I'm off the road, I'm going to do that. I think that's a great way to get the benefits of apple cider vinegar. That's a great combo. And I've been using a, an organic lemon powder occasionally. I, I love lemonade. I don't know. For some reason, I've always loved a good, fresh, yeah. or a good quality lemonade. And it's not good for you because there's obviously so much sugar in it. But I've always loved that. It's been kind of my drink of choice. And uh, and so now my wife found this wonderful organic lemon powder. And so I put a, a half a teaspoon or a teaspoon of that in my larger container. And then... Uh, often maybe another uh, teaspoon of monk fruit or erythritol and then two servings of cardio miracle and ice and i'm telling you it oh, tastes like a, <laughs> a fresh berry lemonade on a summer day it yeah tastes fantastic yeah it's so good now I, you know i spend a lot of time outdoors in the summer and i'm out in the garden and i'm working on stuff and i just don't head out the door anymore until i make a big yeti tumbler with ice and some apple cider vinegar and and uh i just feel incredible so it's a part of the the new stress busters protocol and the results are pretty amazing we're getting getting ready to put together a challenge on that so uh i'm excited great, about that great. let's let's uh let's grab another call oh go ahead yeah great. no i was just i was just gonna say i'm driving everywhere now because i just do not can't depend on the flights, so I, I just drove 10 hours to Arizona and driving 12 hours up to Sacramento. I mean, I'm driving, you know, and it, it has been amazing to me that as the evening goes on, and, and this is for our trucking friends, I'm telling you, you do not have to pound the Diet Mountain Dew exactly. or the extra cups of coffee. Cardio Miracle will replace that without the crash. Uh, you'll have clarity, you'll feel uh, alert, and, and let me tell you, boy, I'll tell you, when you're traveling America's highways, you better stay alert. There you go. Because there's all kinds of things that happened yesterday coming back from uh, northern Arizona. A guy was going like 90 miles an hour in the passing lane on my side. We had the two-lane passing side on, on the set, and, and I, just for a moment, was listening to something. And, and I turned and, you know, I had two lanes to work with and here comes a guy in a red Ram, you know, 
three-quarter truck going about 90 <laughs> in our lane. Asking lane, had I, had I been a little bit distracted, he would have hit me head on at 90 miles an hour. Sheesh. I mean, yeah. because so I, so you just, you have to remain alert. And uh, I'm telling you, for our for our sake, and you know, I, I'm the formula of the product, but I'm telling you, it's the go-to drink when you're driving more than a couple of hours anywhere. There you go. Good stuff. Let's uh, let's talk to Fred in Kansas. Fred, welcome. Hey, Kevin. Good to talk to you again. Two days in a row. Yeah. What's on <laughs> your mind today? Well, you guys touched on a lot of things. I wanted to talk about the college thing at first. Oh. Um, oh. So from, from, what I, from what I've gathered, it's not an executive order. He's trying to backdoor this with what they call the HEROES Act. Now, the HEROES Act was made after okay. 9-11 for, for military, for, for, for new recruits that needed college and forgiveness. And that's what the HEROES was for because it was a state of emergency and they wanted to get as many people into the military to, to go over to Afghanistan and Iraq eventually. Um, what he's trying to do is he's trying to say that the pandemic is now the state of emergency so he can use the HEROES Act to forgive this, these debts. That's what he's trying to do. Now, I think his timing is way up because everyone, CDC and everybody has already uh, eliminated the, the quote-unquote national emergency. They dropped Title 42 at the border, and so this is where the legal challenges are going to be. I, I also heard one of, his, one of his White House staff members talking about this, how it, it does not increase the deficit because the in, Inflation Reduction Act is decreasing the deficit. So what they're doing is they're taking money we owe and not and spending the money that we get to make more money that we owe. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah. it is. So it is. It's just. So it's a word salad. It's a word salad, and and they just they are creating some more debt because they're using deficit reduction money, which is not really money. It's just they're not <laughs> increasing the debt with that one bill, and they're increasing it over here. Well. You know, here's the thing. If Let's go back to the Inflation Reduction Act and the fact that it reduces the deficit. <laughs> That's what they keep saying. It, but it reduces the deficit. Right. Even if you believe right. them, if you believe them, and we know they could be horribly wrong on all of these predictions, but even if you believe them, when you look at the numbers, it was a minuscule reduction in the deficit. It wasn't even exactly. statistically significant. It's that small, Correct. and now you're telling me, but and Correct. then we're going to pass this, and that'll wipe all that out anyway. Um, Correct. I, 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 so I'm just is, this, this one makes the, me this crazy. Is the whole it just does. That all of those politicians use, though. I know the Democrats and Republicans do this on you know with different with different programs and different a- avenues. So yeah. um, you know they 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 fund the Chips Act. There was supposedly something in a chip sack that, that Schumer took out that was going to make all this money stay stateside. Now it's not because they have to fund China. So <laughs> this is, you know, they, they always do this. They always label a bill, put it out there. And then at the very, at the, you know, the, the you know, fourth down and fourth down and inches to go, they change, they change it up and, and they, uh, you know, we get yeah. screwed on it. Um, 
you know, I I was listening. I don't listen to Megan Kelly often. I just forget that she's on the radio anymore. But listen to her last week, and she had a lawyer on. I think his name was Mike Davis, and this, they were talking about this raid on Mar-a-Lago and the president. And he, this Mike Davis, he was a clerk. He's a lawyer. He was a clerk for Gorsuch, uh, you know, Justice Gorsuch. And then he got the role in the Senate Judiciary, uh, Judiciary uh, to vet, vet and prep the nominees for the Supreme Court. So he helped Kavanaugh and he helped Amy Coney Barrett on the Republican end. So he's a very smart guy and knows legal, you know, the legal, the, you know, the, the, the constitutional legal uh, stuff. And he cited two cases that makes the whole raid null and void and illegal. A case back in 88 where um, the executive powers for classification was challenged and the president has all authority up until January 19th before he relinquishes power to the oncoming administration. He can just declassify any, any paperwork that he sees fit, regardless of what it, who so- says what. He can. He has the authority to do that blankly without any written, verbal, or any, you know, he could just say that's declassified and that's it. Okay, and that was the Supreme Court ruling. Then he also cited a 2012 ruling where Judicial Watch, which is Tom Fitton, he's a right-wing watchdog group, he sued Bill Clinton over some some tapes that he made in the White House, and. He wanted them as government property and wanted them released. So they went to the, the Ninth Circuit, which is, I think, the D.C. Circuit Court. The Supreme Court never heard it, so that means the, the, the lower court standing is the rule is the rule of law. And they said that a president, during his term, can say anything that he generated through his, through his term, he can he can claim as personal property anything and whatever he wants to give to the records, to the records, to the presidential records archives, he has 12 years to consider what he wants to give back to them. So I I keep reading those two. Yeah. yeah, Because of those two legal, legal statutes, this whole thing was null and void because everything he took to Mar-a-Lago with him, he, he, either was classified or he kept as personal property. Well, and I've read this. Declassified and, and, you know, I've read stories where during the Obama administration, they set this standing rule that if he left that office with documents to go up to the residence, that they were automatically declassified. He didn't have to make a big deal about it. It was just, and then Trump had some of the same policies. They've talked about this. So it seems to me like if this is all true, then why are we still going through this charade? But it, we well, are. So I'm going to tell you why. The way I the way I see this is he had he had with him that he declassified all the Russia all the Russia investigation. The Crossfire Hurricane started in the Obama administration. He had all of those records with him that he intentionally declassified. And now that they seized all his property, they can say that this is an ongoing criminal investigation. These documents cannot be released. Got it. So 
I want to set that all aside because we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with all yeah. this and no, how I it agree. affects the I midterms agree, and all that. But you're right. And, and right. you know what struck me when I'm reading this, though? Because I never knew any of this stuff. I mean, no, but there's so much we right. don't know about our government until it actually happens. And then we all argue about, you know, what really is the law. But here was my thought. Forget all of that. Why do we have a rule that would give any president that much power? What do you mean they can just declassify anything they want? Whose idea was this? This seems like a horrible idea to me. Well, because he's the chief executive and the executive branch is part of the the Pentagon and all of that. They're the ones that classify documents and declassify documents in the executive branch. But a branch, a whole branch where you have some checks and balances, not a single person, one person who could say, I mean, just think about this. Take our biggest secret and a president legally could just decide, I'm going to declassify this and put it up on the Internet. Uh, What? Why would we ever do that? Well, no, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. And of course, you know, I mean, we're hopefully we're not electing. Wait a minute. Before you finish that, before you finish that sentence, <laughs> think about who's sitting in the office right now. No, I They don't have that. to be anarchists. Well, they could be feeble old right. men like we have now. Yes. yes. Right. You know, there are. He's, that's why he's there gonna, are cabinet heads to give him advice on things. Joe's going to confuse you know, his grand Joe's going to confuse his grandmother's chocolate chip cookie recipe with the nuclear codes and it, uh, that's what's going to happen. I can't believe well, we give one person that out, much power. It's come out that Bill it's come out that Bill Clinton actually lost the nuclear codes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You know that, right? That's a real that's the true release of documents they got from, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, yeah. one, of the, one of the watchdog groups. Got. Yeah. No, I mean, so, you know, this is not unheard of. This is not unheard of that doing this. But uh, another thing, going back to this redacted affidavit, it is in the statutes that it is, it is illegal in a, in a criminal affidavit to name anyone, yet they named Cash Patel, who was the deputy DNI under Trump. Right. So they're trying, they're trying to, you know, he's already had a lot of death threats because they released his name in the January 6th committee also. So he's been fighting this for, for years now. Anyone that has been associated with the, the bad orange man, yeah. Yeah. Either, they've either been arrested, they've either been arrested. And this, is, this goes back to a message I think they're sending to anyone who is not part of the, part of the program, not part of the establishment. Do not even try to come up here and try to change the system because we will we will ruin you. And I don't believe it's the Democrats. I'm sure they have a good time with this. I think it's the, what they call it, what Trump was calling the deep state, the bureaucratic state, yeah. who has stayed there for like Fauci, 40 years, 40 years. He's giving policy. He hasn't seen a patient in 35 of those 40 years. But he had, he can he can he controls the policy. Got it. You know, hey. and this is what this is what we got. Now again, 
there is some accountability. This team, this guy Tim Tebow, not the not the not the quarterback. Yes, yeah. He was he was actually in charge of the Michigan office when they had this scam kidnapping coup oh, on yeah. the governor. They sent them to they sent them to D.C. He just resigned Friday, and they escorted him out of the building. So there there are some things happening. There are some rank and file. I think high up agents that are coming forward to the to some of the senators and congressmen now, and I think they're just tired of this happening. You know, they, you know, it's it's like a hydra. You cut off the head, and two more heads yeah. come up. So they have to kind of they have to kind of get the seventh floor and wipe them clean. I think, and and start getting some of the lower ranking guys up who still are on the ground and still trying to do the the noble thing and. Yeah, you know, they, you know they, that's what I think has to happen here. Um, and another thing that's happening with these candidates, I think the polls are correct. What's happening, I feel, is Mitch McConnell and the D and the RNC do not want to give Donald Trump any more power than he already has, so they're not funding these candidates. Whether wow, or not they're good candidates or not, that's that's left that's left to be seen. I wonder but if they're they not realize putting the, the total the total weight. Well, they're, they're going to give up. They're going to give up power. That's, to, that, to, that's what Liz Cheney did. That's gave what up, I mean. Are, gave it, up power to to, to subvert a, a, a guy who's not part of the establishment to get in. Yeah, and and all that tells us is there's almost no difference between the Democrats and the Republicans today. Then. Because if, if well, there's, it, there's not because I go I go I go back to I go back to when Trump was first elected, and everybody was pounding the desk about Obamacare, and no one had a plan for him. Right. Nobody had a plan. So yeah. of course they, they're all in this together. I mean, uh, you did you read Tucker Carlson's book, The, the Ship of Fools? Yes, I did. Made he me lays crazy. It, he lays it I out know. right there. I know. He lays it out right there. How how there. There, it's it's the ruling class that that has lost their way with the people they're supposed to help. Yeah, yeah, and I don't see how it's going to change. Well, it's going to change. It, it has to change in the voting booth because the other alternative is 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 madness. Well, I so I, um, it has to change. It has to change in the voting booth and. We have to get some good people in there. Whether whether they're the, the perfect candidate, I don't think anything is is quite that. No one's a perfect candidate. Um, but you know, you got you got these you know these people that go up there like like Liz Cheney. According to the you know the uh, her tax records, she came into D.C. six years ago with five or six million dollars and left with thirty eight million. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a problem. Yeah, yeah oh, there's, there's a, a problem. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Hey, I want to address something real quick. It's not a big deal, but I just got a message sure. on Facebook and I've been getting several of these lately. Um, you know, I think under the new format, we've done a hell of a job of keeping things separate into the shows they belong in. I don't do a lot of political opens on other days. I don't do health opens on those days. Um, I just got a message from somebody and they're like, oh, this sounds like a health show. Get back to it. Wait a minute. The only health thing we talked about during the show was the food compass. And that's right. government. That's but politics. That's, that's, that's exactly. Yes. Uh, come on. What do you mean? It yeah. sounds like a health show. We were talking about a, a specific government issue. 
Yeah, we're not telling people how to eat. We're telling people what the government's trying to tell us how to eat. Exactly. And we're warning people don't listen to them because they're idiots. Right, right. Um, Another, uh, oh, I lost track of thought here. Um, Oh, Facebook. That's what I was going to say. Okay, so the FBI did go out and tell Zuckerberg there's going to be all kinds of disinformation coming out. Now, the same guy, Tebow, had a standing order not even to investigate the laptop from Hunter. <laughs> of course to the, not. To the agent. Also, also, I wouldn't give Zuckerberg or Facebook a pass because he took $400 million and took over vote polling stations. Oh, absolutely. Throughout the election in yeah. 2020. Yeah. He, so he, he doesn't have a pass here. No. he. You know, and when you watch him on Rogan, he makes it sound like, oh, it was the government. They forced us to do it. But we know right. you were doing right, exactly. this on your own anyway. Exactly. It's just, and, it's just, it's just cover. Yeah. And it's I said, cover. when you were doing it on your own, knock yourself out. It's your company. You're, you, if you want to alienate people, you certainly lost me. Um, you should be allowed to do that. Well, Except for the fact that we do protect them from the stuff that's that's published on their site. They're not liable for it. But if they're going to pick and choose what shows up, they should be liable for it. Right. But that's, that's not going to happen, unfortunately, because most of these senators who have to make these laws are bought and sold by the tech, the tech giant. And they have a lot of money. A lot. They have a lot of money. Insane amounts of money. I don't know. Yeah, it is really insane. And, you know, the the crony capitalism that we have, and there was a good point someone made in something I read or either heard, that the the robber barons and and the capitalism back in the 50s and 60s, those CEOs cared about their people who worked for them. And, um... It's not like that anymore. Jeff Bezos can give a damn about oh, anyone yeah. working for him. Right. You know, and, and the same thing with most of the other. I'll tell you what. Um, uh, I leased I, I on with a company about just for a few months to see how they were and didn't work for me, their system. But they really nice guy, a small 50 or 60 truck operation. Well, he just sold for a lot of money. And he actually gave everybody in the company a piece, a piece of the pie that he sold that was there over a year. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I love that kind of stuff. You know, I wish we saw more I mean, of he, that. There was this, one of the guys I keep in touch with, he's, he's about six years into this company. He gave him a $10,000 parting shot. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Pretty yeah, it awesome. is. Yep. No doubt. All right. Anything else? I think we're going to wrap this up. Uh, yeah, no, that's good. Everything's good. Uh, All right. Yeah, have a great day. I uh, just wanted to get a few facts out there. Excellent. Um, all right. Talk all to right. you soon. Talk to you soon. All right, John, what do you want to wrap this up with today? Well, I think that guy should be your co-host. He's fantastic. <laughs> He's got <laughs> Fred, Fred is good. No, seriously. No He's really, yeah. I'm very impressed. very impressed with his call, with his research, and with his uh, – perspective and uh that's a good thing as as many people that can be informed is going to be helpful so that's great absolutely we we love our tribe and and you know the the other side of it kevin is you know that uh no um no good deed goes unpunished 
Uh, I'm sure people probably don't want uh, me to bring up Cardio Miracle, uh, just like others don't want you to bring up certain things. The fact is, you do a great job. It's your show. You need to finance your your work and uh, help uh, your sponsors need to be involved. And um, and so the reality is it's hard to please everyone, and they, they have a very easy choice. They can either listen and get some good information, or they can find something. They can go listen to old Matt King Cole records while they're uh, doing something else. So Lots I of options. admire what you've done. Uh, we've, we've tried to be a good partner with uh, Let's Truck and with you. I mean, my, my time's extremely valuable, I can tell you that. So I'm uh, delighted to be on whenever I can. And uh, But at the same time, my, my mission is to help uh, the health of people and to help inform them that there are options that they perhaps weren't aware of and we're delighted to have our relationship with you and Lisa and and the hundreds and hundreds of of your followers that are now seeing the benefits of our great product. Excellent. Love it. All right. We're going to wrap this up. I will be back here tomorrow for Destination Health. We'll see you then. John, thanks as always. We'll talk to you again next week. Be safe. Be profitable. Thank be you. Fit and healthy always. Do the hard work and master the journey.